Welcome, Welcome to, to the Better, Better Call Daddy Show. This is Big Daddy. Oh my God, that's hysterical. You're not going to believe this. Oh, oh my God. God. Five stars. Five and a half stars. Papa. My dad is my hero. Grandpa, are you ready? I love a good happy ending. Oh boy. Hey, hey, It's a phony baloney. And a tit for tatter. Hey, a lot of these things, I don't know where you're getting them from. It sounds like they're coming from when I look in the mirrors. Damn the public. Damn the public. <laughs> Jennifer Spore is our special guest who is going to feel your fears, search your destiny, and this may be many lifetimes of work. She's been a leadership mentor and coach for 26 plus years. She's the host of the Awaken on Purpose podcast. Jennifer, welcome. So I feel like a lot has happened for you since we last talked. You've gotten into this Akashic reading stuff. I am super curious about what got you into that? And my understanding of that is like, it's an infinite soul's journey. So it kind of traces the soul from this life to the next life. Is that right? Yes. How did you get into Akashic Records? Yeah. So I've always been really intuitive as long as I can remember. And for some time in my business, I provide my clients now in intuitive and coaching support in working with them. And I had also been doing professional readings for a long time, but the Akashic records are basically, there's this experience we're having, this human experience, so there's this lifetime, but our souls are eternal. And I often say that, you know, in my posts and everything, just that the mind is a faithful servant, but our souls are eternal. And I teach a lot of people intuitive development as well, just to tune into their own intuitive voice, because we all have it. We're just awake to it to different extents. And I believe that that's one of the ways that God speaks to us, you know, is through that intuitive guidance. But anyways, the Akashic records are a bit different. They're actually your individual soul's records. Our souls are eternal. So we have multiple lives, not just this one. And so each person has Akashic records and they house every piece of information, emotion, thought, belief, experience in all of your life, in all of your soul's experience. So what I love about that is that in opening someone's records for them and reading for them, literally anything that you want information about is in there. So the only time that an Akashic reading let's just say maybe the only time that someone might not receive the results that they want from having an Akashic reading then is if they themselves aren't willing to go deep. You know what I'm saying? So that's why like earlier when we were sort of chatting via messaging, I was telling you that the space is very sacred because, you know, deeply personal information can come through and it's, you know, kind of a space that you create for whichever person, you know, you're working with, but that's really what it is. And I love it because it's actually easier for me as an intuitive to channel. Cause that's what I'm doing is channeling information when I'm opening someone's records, because when I'm doing an intuitive reading, and this is the case for anybody that you have an intuitive or psychic reading with or whatever, they're tapping into your energy, into your consciousness, 
where the Akashic records, you're directly channeling information that is your soul's experience. Yeah, I would love to know, can you tell me some examples of things that you've come into doing that? Everybody's different. So I don't just read about anything for anybody. I have a niche. So, and I have a gift for working with people to help them align with their highest purpose and vision that they have for their lives. So a lot of the work that I do with clients is geared around that. It's around retrieving information that helps them to embody that vision for their lives. And so a lot of the work that I do is mindset related or spiritual development or intuitive development. So for my clients, a lot of the questions in terms of information really revolve around anything that could be blocking them from being in the place that they want to be, right? So really a lot of what blocks us goes back to some kind of trauma that we've experienced. And so this is all information that you can retrieve from your records. And so there's knowing what you need to do to shift something, right? But then you still have to be willing to release that energy that you're holding on to and create a new behavioral pattern. And so that's really where the coaching piece comes in. So I mix the reading piece and the coaching piece together to provide the client with more of an all-encompassing approach to helping them get to where they want to be. Did you get into this to fix your own trauma? Oh, of course. Yes. This is how most people start. (laughs) So I've been feeling guided to study the records for a while, but that was fairly recent, just in the last few months, but I had plenty of my own trauma. So basically, I mean, I'm not even sure where to start there. That's a big old long story, but like from the beginning, right? Like so many people, I had this well-established career in corporate. Actually, I want to go back a little bit further than that because, so I had a lot of trauma in my childhood, just, you know, abuse, various things that happened. And And I also had a challenging home life. Like my mom and I didn't get along well, like we clashed a lot. So that's like the high level part. But basically I ended up on my own at 16. So I was on my own and I was just by nature, very driven, you know, and always put a hundred percent into everything that I put my intention toward. But what I realized a little bit later in life is that The reason why I was doing all of that wasn't just because I was this driven person. It was because I was actually living in survival mode. I was doing all of this because I thought I had something to prove. You know, I, it was actually a coping mechanism from, so when I had left home, I had actually asked a couple of other relatives, family members, if I could come stay with them. And they said, no. So I left. I literally have the chills right now. Oh my God. Well, this was like the catalyst, right? For a lot of what's unfolded in my life. So, but I knew I had to leave even at that young of an age. I actually wrote a blog about fate versus destiny because I believe about this very instance that I'm describing because I believe that there are events that our soul is meant to experience here, but that 
it's our choice as a human that has free will in terms of how we respond to them and handle them. So anyway, so I knew I had to leave anyways, but what happened is that created an imprint within me that it's like, nobody wants me. So I have to prove, right. That I'm worthy or whatever. That wasn't the only theme going on in my life, but as a child, it made a big difference at that point, right? In terms of how my life was unfolding. So I was on my own and at like 18 or 19, I started working in retail and I liked it because I love people. I love working with people, helping people be successful and all that good stuff. So when I was a little girl, interestingly enough, I wanted to be a teacher. So when I was like 18 or 19, I had this conversation with myself. I remember this very clearly to this day. And I'm like 47 now, just to let you know. (laughs) So when I was like 18 or 19, I had this conversation with myself about, well, do you want to put yourself through college and incur all of that debt? and blah, blah, blah. And I decided, no, I mean, although I loved teaching, I also liked working in retail at the time. And I thought, you know what, I'm just going to give this a go because I'm in a good place right now. And the rest was history with that. I ended up, I was managing stores by the time I was like 21. And I ended up working my way up into a corporate role. And toward the end of my career, after like over 23 years, I was working for a large company as a director of store operations, overseeing over 1,200 stores. So like so many people, right? You climb the ladder. Now I'm getting to the part where I checked all those boxes off the list, right? Mm -hmm. So this whole time, there was this experience running in my background of feeling like I had to constantly prove myself. And I didn't really... I realized after checking all the boxes off the list where there were no more career promotions and no other things to acquire, right? That I hit a ceiling, so to speak. It's like the fog started to lift because there was nothing else outside myself to seek validation through. That's quite a realization. Worst to start looking at who I was and to be truthful, I wasn't even sure who I was because I was also a chronic people pleaser because of trauma. And I know that there are so many leaders that have challenges with the people pleasing, with the high performing, wanting to make everybody happy. It's a very real issue with a lot of leaders at a lot of different levels. It's actually, I don't know when this conversation is going live, but I actually have enrollment open for a mastermind right now that addresses this very issue that I'm talking about because it's the person who's passionate about making a difference, the entrepreneur in this case, but they still allow obstacles to stand in their way because they're either putting other people or other things constantly before themselves and their purpose. And that's why they aren't where they want to be. And so it's teaching people how to shift the mindset around that and how to understand that when they're clear in their values, their purpose and what they stand for, they deepen and widen their capacity to give back in the world so much more. So I had to go on this journey of rediscovery to figure out what were my own values, you know? What did I really believe? What did I really want to do? Like I knew that I was feeling stagnant in my job, but that's when this journey of rediscovery 
spiritual awakening, personal development, when all of that really started. And at this point, it's been a while. It's been like 12 or so years when that all kind of started unfolding. But I didn't take action right away because I was scared shitless, to be quite frank. (laughs) You know, I had this well-established career, you know, with a great income and all of the stuff. And I just kept questioning myself, like, what would happen if I left? What else could I do? You know, what are my options? Because I had that societal, I call it societal imprinting, but like a belief that you can only be successful if you have a degree or if you have certain credentials or certain things rather than actually valuing yourself as a person and looking at why God put you here on the planet to begin with and just focus on doing that. That's where your value and your ability to make an impact comes from. But I didn't believe that or wasn't really as aware of that back then. So I kept staying in the life I didn't want to be in anymore. And then the catalyst for me actually taking action was that I just got to a place where I was feeling so much pain and feeling so stuck that the pain of where I was at exceeded my fear of change. Like it just hurt so bad that I was just like, I, I can't do this life anymore. I, I have to figure out where I'm meant to be. And at the same time, my mom was also dying from terminal cancer and it was just all meant to be, you know, it was all a series of events that unfolded because I had a job where I was also on all the time and my phone was blowing up while I was sitting at my mom's bedside. That was really the moment that I said to myself, I'm not doing this anymore because my phone was blowing up, you know, and in retrospect, it was like something that could have been prevented some issue, you know what I mean, with my work. And here I am sitting at my mom's bedside, she's days away from dying from lung cancer. And it wasn't pretty. I was just like, what am I doing? (laughs) I, I need to live a life where I'm free to make my loved ones a priority to like do the things that bring me joy and to just do all the things. I felt like a a prisoner in my own life at that point. Were you able to be introspective in that moment with her? Well, the moment I just told you about, I had that, that realization in that moment, I could no longer live in fear and allow myself to be stuck. I just had had enough, you know, everybody has their limits and I had just had enough and I had no idea that I was going to be an entrepreneur. I didn't know what was next. I just decided I'm going to do it anymore. And I didn't, I didn't fly back home and go to work and quit the next day. It was a transition. That's good. Yeah, no, it was a transition. I ended up stepping down to do consulting for the company because they gave me an ultimatum. They were like, we know you want to be closer to your family, but it's either your career or your family because they didn't have like a culture of allowing people to work remote and travel back and forth. So, so I chose to step down and got into consulting with them, stayed around for like another year and a half or so after I moved out here to where I am now in Idaho. And 
it was really that whole journey of awakening, realizations, rediscovery that inspired me to start this business to do what I do today. Because at the time, the coaching industry or personal development industry isn't even what it is today. A few years ago, it's just like blown up. And at the time, you know, there were spiritual teachers, there were business consultants, there were all these different people, therapists, but there wasn't anyone who could really help me bring it all together and integrate it. And that's what inspired me to do this work because that's exactly what I do is I help people who are feeling called to make a change or they know they're being called to do something bigger than where they're at right now. And so I help them gain clarity on that and then devise a strategy to actually start taking action and manifesting it. And that includes, you know, all of the mindset shifts and things that come up that stop us from pursuing what we want because of fear. So, so that's really what happened. I saw a post you did about how stuck in fear you were. Yeah. Can you paint that picture for me? Oh my gosh. Like I used to be wound so tight. I I mean, it's a trauma response. It's constantly just being in a hypervigilant state of, oh, is this person going to get mad at me for saying this? Or, you know, what's going to happen if I decide to do this? Like, it was because I, at that time, I had so many unhealed issues with how I felt about myself, my confidence in myself. So here I was like this high level leader in this big company, you know, and everything looked great on paper, but it was like all of the effort I could put forth every day just to put out that polished, I guess, just call it a mask, right? Because it's like, even though I did love my job for so long, I was just in so much fear about can I even do anything else? Because I'm sure there's still plenty of people out there that judge, you know, would judge my capacity to do whatever I wanted to do because I don't have certain boxes checked off the list, right? And that's what I used to believe. That's why I was so fearful. It's like, oh, I didn't go to college for four or six years. So how am I going to find another job making as much as I do now and, and doing something that I like? Because back then I was too much in a mindset space of being hung up on defining myself and my own self-worth based upon credentials or what a conformist society tells me that I need to be, right? Based upon what they say is worthy or not worthy. Yeah. Okay. So you've been doing personal development for 12 years Yes. I would love, I know you've done a lot of assessments and, you know, you've studied all different aspects of personal development. Can you talk a little bit about that journey? Yeah. So I started on kind of an intuitive path from the beginning, like 12 years ago, there were people back then that I followed or, you know, got to learn about that aren't still in the industry today. But I went down the intuitive path initially because I knew that there had to be something bigger out there. Like I had always been spiritual, but never super religious. Cause even when I was a kid, I grew up Christian and I, I just didn't agree with some of the fear-based rules that 
were being put forth, I was like, that's not from God. I don't buy into that, you know? So I started down a spiritual path. And I mean, I had readings, I had healings, I, you know, read a ton of books, invested in coaching, I just did so many different things. And it really just helped me figure out sort of where my niches, you know, but at the same time, like I followed other more kind of practical figures, we would just say in the personal development industry, like Brendan Burchard, and I followed a lot of authors in Hay House and really exploring all of those different facets of personal and spiritual development helped me to figure out who I was and, and where I wanted to be. Who is Jennifer Spore? Oh my God. You're asking this question. Oh Lord. <laughs> the unapologetically alive. I'm way different, a way different person than I even was a year ago. I see that in your messaging. Yeah. I am just in a place where I totally know who I am, what my values are, which you know, my top ones and my guiding principles. I did a post about this the other day. They're actually like freedom, truth, integrity. You know, I believe everybody's birthright is to be happy and feel joy and to do what they love and that God has put each one of us here for a purpose and that no matter what kind of shit storm is happening in the world, if you're clear on your values, your principles, what you stand for and, and your purpose, the work that you want to do, then that will allow you to navigate through anything. Are there things you won't talk about though? Like what? Are there subject matters that you censor for fear of judgment of what people would think? I'm not afraid of what people think. I don't censor anything. But I am intentional about what I talk about. That is because, listen, there are a lot of things I care about, let me tell you, that are going on in the world, but I don't talk about all of them because I have like a mission that I need to fulfill and a work that I'm doing. And so is it as important to talk about every little thing that kind of gets me going or that I care about? No, because I'm, I want to be clear in my message. And in what I'm guided to help people focus on. And if I'm constantly all over the place talking about everything, then is that really creating the impact that I desire? No. So I'm very intentional in what I choose to spend my time talking about because that's what's most important to me. I prioritize essentially. Okay. That makes sense. So what would you say that your mission is? To help people align with their highest purpose and the most inspirational vision they have for their lives. Because even entrepreneurs go out every day and start a business and they're doing something that their heart isn't completely in because they don't believe they can actually do what they really want to do. And that goes back to the societal imprinting and conditioning that I was referencing earlier. It's strong, you know, we're brought up, I can't speak to all of the other countries in the world, but the US, from a very young age, we're taught to conform to not be individuals. And that is not how God created us. Were you taught that? Totally. But also because of some of the experiences I had, I intentionally stayed under the radar. 
I mean, that was a recurring theme for me, despite my accomplishments in my other, in the rest of my professional background before I started a business, just growing up as a kid, like in school and at home, especially, I just tried to stay invisible because I didn't want attention. Wow. Do you feel like that ever still comes up for you? Not anymore because I've worked through all of that. It's not to say that a thought doesn't pop in from time to time, because some of those things, some of the experiences that people have, it can really be imprinted into their cellular memory. So everyone's path is different in terms of how they heal that. But no, I mean, it doesn't hold me back. So leaving home so early Also, do you remember that little girl? Like, do you remember? Yes. (laughs) What was that like? How did you? It was scary. I actually ended up staying with a couple of friends and then I ended up getting an apartment with one of my girlfriends who is like three years older than me. And we're still friends today. Like she lives local out here. Incredible. (laughs) Yeah, yeah. I just ended up doing what I needed to do. Did you ever doubt your decisions or I also wonder that about your professional life. Did you ever consider going back to work for corporate America or like, so those are two different questions. So let's start with the childhood. No, I never regretted my decision because I knew I needed to leave. I was protecting myself at that point. And I didn't see that there were any other decisions to make because the family members I had approached, you know, didn't give me permission to stay there. And so my, the only option I saw as a child at that time was leaving. And so I never regretted that decision because I always felt like it was the only decision that I had. As far as my professional life, this could be a whole nother conversation because as you probably know, becoming an entrepreneur is the ultimate journey of faith and mindset no matter what I accomplished, and I did accomplish a lot. I mean, I was the 1%, like the the way I grew up, what I did, what I was able to accomplish. But there were times when it was just like, yeah, I missed the, because there were cushy aspects of it. An employee mindset is very different than an entrepreneurial mindset. It's like, if you don't show up, you're not generating revenue. Unless you're yeah. Oprah or you know what I'm saying. So there were times where I was just like, oh, why did I sign up for this? But then I remembered why I signed up for it. And it was because when I was going through that journey of transition, there wasn't anyone out there that was like me at the time that I could invest in receiving support from that would help me pull everything together and actually really change my life, you know, from the physical reality that I was living in before. So my why has always kept me going. That's amazing. That's a very strong why then. Yeah. There is no plan B. There is just the path. That's it. And there are shitty times and there are great times. And But you remember why you're doing what you're doing. Being an entrepreneur is not the easiest journey that's why you really have to be clear in your vision of what the impact is that you want to make. And that's what keeps you going. What would you tell somebody who wants to leave their nine to five that's in the place that you were in? 
I would say absolutely do it. And I would say that that call that you're feeling doesn't go away. If you keep denying it, it just keeps gets, it just keeps getting stronger. I would say that most people don't leave because of the financial piece. Totally. Totally. It's a hot button with a lot of people. I mean, a lot of people have emotional stories about money. They're taught that money is what makes the world go around, which yes, money is a necessary thing to have, but it's doesn't define you and it's a tool and money doesn't come from jobs or people money comes from God just like everything else so if you just focus <laughs> on living in congruency with your values with your beliefs and following that intuitive guidance everything's gonna work out there is no failure because you're doing what you were made here to do talk to me about things that you have manifested? I mean, I manifested my business. That's like the biggest thing. I mean, I didn't know anyone who was doing this and I created this path from nothing. And I'm really glad that we're talking about this right now because I want everyone to hear that because especially right now with the current world climate that we're living in, the systems, institutions, societies, whatever that we've been living in have not worked for a long time. And there are always people waking up or there are always people deciding that they want to leave their job and do something else. But there are tons of people that are being called to do things, to create things that aren't out there today. And so what happens initially, because I deal with this with a lot of my clients, is that they have this grand vision of something that's going to impact positive change, but they hold off on doing it because they don't see it happening out there. But that's the whole point. <laughs> What's out there now doesn't work anymore. And there's a new paradigm of leadership that needs to be established. So my message to everybody would be, don't question yourself. Don't question what you're being guided to do, do it, move forward. And if you're scared and you need support, then reach out for support, but don't hold back because that's precisely what we need right now are the people that are going to come forward and create new ways of doing business, of living. Have you ever struggled financially as an entrepreneur? Totally. <laughs> Totally. I did for a while. You have to have a plan. It's important to have a plan. But even the best laid plans can not pan out the way that you want. If you refuse to shift your mindset, it is absolutely critical for your mindset to be in the right place as an entrepreneur. Otherwise, you'll just whatever money you have, it'll just keep going away or, or whatever, because you're not changing the way that you're thinking. Are there things that you swore were going to work out and then didn't? And tell me about some adjustments that you've had to make. There's a lot of adjustments. I mean, as an entrepreneur, I've launched programs that haven't worked. I mean, that's the thing too, is that's just all part of being an entrepreneur is testing things and being willing to put yourself out there. And sometimes things are going to pan out the way that you want. And sometimes 
they're not, but you choose to look at that as a learning experience and what you can change moving forward. And, you know, again, what you can learn from it. Another thing that you've tried is your podcast. Oh yeah, totally. So my podcast is very interesting. I've had my podcast for a couple of years and it's great and it's going good, but my podcast, it's definitely something I'm planning to stick with, but I've also reached a place where recently, where I've gotten to the point where I could do everything that I've done on my own. And so after the first of the year, I need- How amazing is that? It is. Yeah, it's great. I've had it for like two years. I get so much positive feedback on it. I just I've listened to many episodes and I think you do a really good job and I like your graphics and your summaries and you're doing all of that. Well, I don't personally do it. I have a support team that support, you know, helps me in my business that does a lot of the graphics and administrative stuff but day one I started out on my own it's just it's a journey right where as you grow you can look at various areas where you know it might be time to outsource like with my podcast it's going great but I've also reached a place where it's like I want it to be even bigger so like taking a deeper look at statistics and other things and how can I grow that in even a bigger way next year and what are you thinking well, then I'm going to need to invest in working with someone after the first of the year, because that's the way that I'm going to grow because I've already done like everything I know to do. You know what I'm saying? So for me, a lot of people start podcasts on their own, but in the, from the beginning, I did invest in working with someone in the very beginning who helped me to take my podcast from inception to launch in like six weeks. And what did that look like? It was, you know, coming up with a title, what the concept was going to be, what the graphics were going to be. I mean, but as a business owner, I already had established brand colors and everything at the time. So I wasn't starting from scratch where I know that some people do in terms of deciding on branding and some of the other stuff. So to me, it was actually a fairly smooth process. Plus I was working with a coach who who already knew all about the dynamics of launching the podcast. So I didn't have to spend a lot of extra time figuring things out on my own, which I was so thankful for. And I, I tell people this a lot. It's like, I'm not saying hire a coach because I'm a coach. Like I'm saying (laughs) recognize when it's time for you to get support (laughs) and do it because your life is going to be a lot easier. It's, it's an investment. Like, you know, sure, you probably figure out all this stuff on your own at some point. But the question is, do you want to invest the time to dig and to do it? And especially these days, there's just an endless sea of information out on the internet. So if you're looking for something specific, whether it's launching a podcast or hiring someone to help you align with your purpose, you know, investing in support is always the best way to go because we all have blind spots, right? A hundred percent. I'm also interested too, like you said, the podcast is going really well and that you want to now grow it. What has happened for you from doing the podcast? The blessings of having a podcast have been endless. I mean, my core purpose for doing it was that it was a great vehicle and it still is to get my message out in the world and have a positive impact on people. But I've 
connected with so many other amazing entrepreneurs, guests that I've collaborated with, clients. I mean, the benefits of, of having a podcast are really endless. Anyone could benefit from having a podcast. It's a great way to get your message out into the world. And, and it's not on social media. The reason why I say this is because there's just so much censoring and kind of that crazy stuff going on on social media that no one should be putting all their eggs in that basket. You know what I'm saying? So whether it's email list building, having a podcast is a fantastic way to get your message out into the world. I highly recommend. If someone's joining your masterclass, there's an assumption that they might benefit from being in your community anyways, right? So free masterclasses are always a great way. Also free opt-ins. It's always good to have something like currently I have a, a little mini guided meditation that's aligned with the work that I do because it, it spends a few minutes guiding people to get down into their heart space out of their head. Even with the podcast I have on my, it's somewhere on my summary page. I've had it on outros in the past where I've invited people to go to my website and join my email community so yeah there are just a lot of different ways you can even I mean you don't even have to actually have an opt-in if you're just someone that's just starting out and you're posting on social media you could just do a post and say hey if you want more of this type of content join my email community and just have an invite and a link right there it doesn't have to be a complicated thing it's so easy for entrepreneurs to fall into the well i'm busy so i'm growing my business and yes having certain sites and different things in place certain things are important for your business but the most important thing especially in a service-based industry is connecting you can sign clients without a website have you well yeah before i had a website i mean i have a web i've had a website and all that for a while now and you know i have my podcast on there i have a lot kind of going on these days but before all of that yes in fact i often tell clients you know it's like, I don't believe in changing our experiences from the past because they help form who we are and, and how we learn and, and how we evolve, you know, but definitely as a new entrepreneur, I, if I could tell that version of myself, any advice, it would be spend even more time connecting. You can't spend too much time connecting and don't have too many networking calls with people who don't align. You get what I'm saying? Like there has to be networking calls are smart and great, but it ha there has to be some type of alignment, whether it's with a potential colleague, someone you're collaborating with, or definitely having a call with a potential client, but connect, connect, connect. <laughs> I definitely, definitely agree with that. How did you start pricing your services? Oh gosh, that's such a great question because pricing is so much tied to our self-worth and, and deservingness. It's funny that you're bringing this up with me today because I just had a conversation with someone else today about, for my own development, about changing my prices again. But it really is just tied to how confident you are in the services that you offer and understanding that 
whatever you decide to price your services at isn't just a reflection. Like you shouldn't just look at whether or not it's competitive. And in fact, I would say, you know, blending in in a service industry isn't necessarily a good thing because you want to stand out and position yourself as an expert and price your services based upon being the expert that you are and also taking into account all of the however many of thousands or hundreds of thousands of dollars you've invested in learning and mastering what you're giving your people taking all that into account in when you're deciding pricing. When do you know it's time to up your prices? I mean, it's kind of a feeling. What I like to advise people, I mean, I'm not a business coach, okay? But but by default, I I advise people on certain, you know, strategies and other things based upon the mindset and the spiritual work. But you've already sold a few packages at a certain price. You're feeling comfortable with that because your pricing should never, by the way, feel totally comfortable. It should feel a little scary, stretchy to you, right? To like put that out there. So when you start feeling too comfortable, it's usually time... And plus, at that point, you've already proven, right, what you've done. And so it's time to look at how you can up-level. Because it's also all about continual growth and up-leveling, too, because you're also continuing to invest in yourself and gain more experience. And so I recommend, like, just checking in with yourself at the very least quarterly just to see where you're at, like how you're feeling about your pricing and how things are going and looking at any changes that might need to be made, but definitely not staying the same. I would agree with that. I definitely agree with the part about once you're feeling comfortable and once you've gotten that price two, three, four, five times, like, okay, you know that people are comfortable paying that. So you could probably ask for more. Exactly. So on that note, though, it's also about reevaluating your, your soulmate clients every so often too. Like it may also be time to up level in the caliber of clients that you're working with. I don't mean that as in saying that any one person is better than another. I'm just saying, as you gain more experience over time, and you become more evolved yourself, you're naturally going to want to connect with clients who are more evolved too. It's a very kind of known thing that there are a lot of people out there that expect to invest a certain amount of money in whatever it is they're looking to receive support around. And actually, if you charge too low, that may repel clients. Because there are people out there that will look at pricing that's too low and go, oh, I'm not going to get what I need from this person because they're not going to give me enough. It's like they themselves need to feel a little bit stretched. I agree with that. I just would want to reiterate the message from earlier about that there is a lot going on in the world. There can be a lot to be afraid of, but no matter what changes happen or anything that's happening, just focus on having a clear sense of self 
what your values are, what you believe, what you stand for. And for crying out loud, if you're unhappy in your work or even in your business, you might need to pivot as an entrepreneur. Just honor that, trust yourself, have faith, trust in God that like when you're being guided to do something, there's a reason. And especially in the time that we're living in, a lot of people are feeling called to bring forward new creations and new ideas that will help us to expand in our consciousness and just live more more sustainably so don't be afraid to put yourself out there I love that message. Oh my gosh. I can't wait to hear what my dad is going to say about this. Truthfully, I think he's going to be really connected to what you said. I'm excited to hear what he says too. Jennifer, I adore you. It has been so great to reconnect. Please promote your podcast, your upcoming mastermind. When is it? So the mastermind starts January 3rd. The mastermind is embodied AF. (laughs) Love it. Yep. Yep. It's for purpose-driven entrepreneurs that want to embody, you know, their highest vision and purpose and create more impact in the work that they're doing. And then my podcast Awaken on Purpose is out there live every Wednesday on iTunes on pretty much every platform you can think of. So Everybody check it out. It's a great show. I've been on it. I actually have someone from this conversation that I want to introduce you to that I think would be good. Cool. You're such a master connector. I love you. Aw, thank you. Oh, it was such an honor to speak with you. And I can't, I love being on your show and I can't wait to see what your dad has to say about what we talked about. Better call daddy. (laughs) Long overdue. I'm so happy to reconnect with you, Jennifer. You're such a light. Truly, I felt like this was a godly message. So thank you. Now, let's switch it over to Grandpa. Jennifer Spore is giving you a perspective that we have not only a purpose to fulfill on this earth, it can be also determined that it's a very high purpose where it could be that we've been here two or three times before that our soul lives on past the short period of time that our bodies are here and that we can reappear here several times and that our purpose is beyond our physical boundary of time, that we are here for a purpose of continually to improve ourselves and humankind. And it doesn't happen necessarily in one, even in one lifetime, with many people, many lifetimes. She is trying very hard to connect with your inner soul and try to help you find your most advantageous way of finding your true purpose and how to elevate yourself. It's just another approach of using her experiences. And she even tells you that she's had coaching, that she's really found that working that nine to five job, being even self-critical of herself, it's like she had a a feeling on her. It wasn't fulfilling enough until she really got out of that box and opened up herself to bigger things. And that her creativity and being able to, again, be an entrepreneur and running your own business and getting involved in so many more things and so many different aspects of life is what He wants to help other people do it as well so that they can fulfill their highest destiny. 
Thanks for listening to the Better Call Daddy Show. Now you can subscribe on Apple Podcasts, Google Play, Spotify, iHeartRadio, and TuneIn. If you've enjoyed this episode of the Better Call Daddy Show, please feel free to review it at ratethispodcast.com slash bettercalldaddy. Add Better Call Daddy Podcast on IG at Rena Friedman Watts on LinkedIn.com.